This is the 2010 Jack Straw Writers Programme. Writer Marjorie Manwaring discussed her work with program curator Jared Lysing. What is it about the, the tiny or the things that were almost so minuscule that they're invisible that intrigues you? Well, that's part of what I'm trying to figure out, but it has always intrigued me, I think, since I was a kid, beginning with uh, even charms out of gumball machines or tiny dolls. And I've been reading, I've been doing research, because there are apparently other people who are fascinated by the miniature as well. I'm not sure I've found exactly the answer for me, why I find it so compelling, but I'm working on it. There's something funny, though, that about poems that I think were just sort of the nature of poetry being something in miniature or something mm-hmm. based on collage or things like that. I think really the whole reason I ended up in poetry was because I was in a writing group and I was writing things that were very short. So they couldn't really be called <laughs> essays. So I thought people kept saying, well, I think you're writing poetry, but I didn't know anything I w- about poetry. I wasn't reading contemporary poetry. But I think the, the con- that condensation I was very drawn to and the compression. And so I came at poetry, I think, maybe kind of through a back door that way. Now we'll hear Marjorie's live reading at Jack Straw Productions. The poems I've been working on have to do with my fascination with all things we, that's W-E-E, we, an obsession that includes miniatures, dioramas, things microscopic, invisible to the human eye. I like what the poet Susan Stewart has to say about miniatures, that they suggest hiding and uncovering at once. Charm one. So there's this charm up on eBay, plastic, toy from a gumball machine. Yeah, vintage. It's a miniature Bible. You hold it up to the light and look through this little peephole, and what you see is a magnification of the Lord's Prayer. Yep, King James. Fair, it says, slight discoloration around daily bread. (laughs) And they'll throw in a couple of celluloid chicken charms. Mm Mm-hmm, those were Cracker Jacks. No, they don't make cool stuff like that anymore. (laughs) charm two automatic doors seal shut the air artificial and cool thick with the smell of a deep fat fryer fresh butchered meat bananas just out of cold storage mom gets a cart you linger in this alcove of news racks and gumball machines, one filled with chiclets, one with jawbreakers big as golf balls, and this one, the one that dazzles you, its display card alive with trinkets and plastic charms. You align your dime into its special slot. Crank the metal handle. The mound of treasure shifts, a small upheaval and you hear the plastic capsule sliding down the chute. Will it be a tiny bird whistle, yellow, orange, or baby blue, 
that when filled halfway with water and blown will chirp and warble? Or the salmon pink Cupid with his sideways glance? Bow drawn back, one leg flexed behind him. These would please you, held tightly in your hand or worn on a chain, but the miniature magnifying glass, something small that lets you see things even smaller, this is what you want, what you need, and you already see yourself sliding it in and out of its little red sheath. <laughs> in writing this next poem, I was thinking about the princess in the fairy tale, The Princess and the Pea, and how we might see her in the modern world. The Princess and. Because of it, this gift or curse, she's spent most her life an insomniac. To the prospective mother-in-law, it's a sign that she'll cater to the prince's every whim, being able, as she is, to perceive as she does. And being the highly sensitive princess, she will attend to, intuit that, anticipate everyone's every move. There's no relief for a girl like that. Even one molecule carrying the scent of an unpleasant day oppresses her. Each night she hopes for sleep, tries so hard to eliminate all wrinkles, rubs the flat of her hands across mattress pad, bottom sheet, so yes, a nickel will bounce when dropped. But it doesn't have to be a pea, or even a pucker of fabric. A loose down feather will press violently against her spine. She'll feel the restlessness of dust living under the bed. You imagine a version of yourself. You imagine a version of yourself on your mother's dresser, tiny doll under a glass bell, surrounded by safety pins and coins. In your right hand, a silver charm size iron from an old Monopoly game. Somewhere behind the pink perfume atomizer and ceramic powder box, there's a clothespin man calling your name. <laughs> and these next few poems stem from a different obsession I have, and that's with um, the American writer F. Scott Fitzgerald, especially his novel, The Great Gatsby, and also his wife, Zelda, who was in and out of mental institutions. <clears throat> Letter from Zelda. My darling Scott, I feel so exploded I can barely write, like a gourd not knowing the hand that shakes me, my mind a million seeds. But weren't we once grand, a Ferris wheel in Paris, spinning ourselves silly? I never loved you more than when you bent over your desk, pen gouging paper, never hated you more, your pen always blackening always my paper white as dogwood. And though you cried, your relief heavied the air when you left me in this room 
where everything is cream-colored rest. No silver shoes, dance floors, gin, or us. I've planted a sunflower seed. I give it water from the pitcher on my bedstand. One day, its yellow head will be as full as mine. Driving across the university bridge, I think about the eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg. Blue Haze loves the city tonight, leaves a high-rise couple uninspired. The one impassioned by searchlights and jets won't get the other to admit that like a fairy on a pink-silvered lake, a beautiful word is transitory, fades into dusk's last lines. Hearts beat, drawbridges open and close. In the morning, someone forsakes this panoramic view. Giant orange cranes demanding commerce, flash of green neon signs. And I'm going to end the night with um, something that's sort of related to the Fitzgeralds and that she too was an expatriate in Paris at one point after World War I. Um, I've written a rejection letter, which writers have a lot of experience with. Um, in the voice of Gertrude Stein, she was an, an experimental poet who wrote a lot with fragments and repetition. Rejection letter from Gertrude Stein. Dear poet, dear author, dear someone. We are pleased, very pleased to regret, sir. Regret to inform you the list for talent selected, not you, dear. So many, many, and many, many talents, not you, dear. Received a many fine, not you. Thank you, extremely fine, thank you. Keep us in mind, please keep us. Please keep your submission in mind. Entries so fine, many fine, winner selected, not you. Not you, not quite. What we need at this time, not quite. Keep in mind, best of luck next time. Editors wish you this guideline. Best of selected regret. Not chosen, you were not able. We inform our regret, we reject your receive. We receive, we regret, inform you we do. We do as we do, today to do, don't forget. <laughs> Difficult choice, we regret. Space an issue, weren't able. Limited space unable. Please accept this issue. Our complimentary gift to you. Letter-pressed gift in which you do not appear. <laughs> we regret you. We regret to reject with respect. Please accept. Do not not accept this reject. If you do, if you do, with respect, with respect, we reject you. This podcast was produced by Jack Straw Productions as part of the Jack Straw Writers Program. The 2010 curator of this program is Jared Lysing. Music performed by Matt Weiner and Del Rey and recorded as part of the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. Producer is Jenny Cecil Moore. Recording engineers are Mo Preventure, CJ Lazenby, and Steve DeTore. Narrator is Amy Broomhall. 
and executive director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rubinowitz. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Cultural Affairs, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, Washington State Arts Commission, National Endowment for the Arts, the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, Poncho, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening.